and welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And uh, we are going to look at Lemmings, uh, this time for the Super Nintendo. I know that's not what it's originally on, but we don't cover PC games, so we're going to cover the mm -hmm. Super Nintendo version. But before we get to that, Billy, what have you been playing since our last episode? You know, I, I think, I can't recall if I did or not, but I think the last episode I, I was very hopeful this was going to be the year that I knocked out a lot of little independent titles I've picked up on the Switch over time through various sales and whatnot, because those those can stack up pretty quick. Uh, and I believe I reported good news last episode. I had already knocked the game out. Um, so, uh, you know, of course, what I did was, you know, decided I'm going to play through all these Dark Souls games again. Oh, uh, excellent. I fired, <laughs> I fired part one back up. Um, and that's about all that I have been sinking my solo time into. My girlfriend, however, um, is, is taking a, a little bit of a lighter road and she has begun playing Super Mario Odyssey and, um, she, she kind of brought to my attention. There is a two player mode and, uh, where one player controls Mario, the other controls the, the hat in that game, um, which, uh, it, it looked kind of like a little bit of a throwaway early on the something that was kind of tacked on uh but once you get it down it actually is a, a a pretty fun way to play it that i had had never messed with previously so we're kind of kind of working through that um and my uh initiative to to clear out uh, my backlog is uh it, it's on hold for a minute I've done pretty good so far. This month, as of this recording, I finished six games. Now, I think two of them were for this podcast. Um, but over mm -hmm. on Twitch, I finished, um, most recently, Mischief Makers on the Nintendo 64. Treasure's only game for the Nintendo 64. An interesting game. It's odd. Uh, it would have been fun to cover, but it means we all would have had to have N64s and copies of Mischief Makers, which is mm -hmm. asking a lot. But it was, you know, if you want to watch it, I think I think I finished it in four days. Uh, I... I completed the game and that I saw the ending. You Technically, to get the best ending, you need to collect, like, 52 gold gems and get A's on every level, like A rankings. And I have an A ranking on, like, three levels out of uh, 60 levels or something. So I, I'm not going to rush to do that again. I might at some point because I actually didn't hate it. But there were some levels that were pretty hateable. Um, uh, you know, other than what I've done on Twitch and the games we have to play for the show... I haven't really had as much time as I'd like to work on my my other backlog for the the longer games in the backlog, my my games on the mm -hmm. PS4 and, and etc. Because you know it's it's the pandemic, we're all sitting at home. So after ten months of, of sitting in our house, I thought you know what I need to add to this, other than having two kids that are home with me all day, is that we got a dog. I got a brand new dog. He is mm. one year old. He's seventy pounds, and I live in a townhouse. These were poor decisions. Poor decisions made. He needs to go out constantly. He's eating everything in my house. Uh, and as a result, anytime I try to actually sit down and play anything, uh, he decides it's time to, you know, start chewing on pillows. Or uh, he walked down the hallway the other day with my full winter coat, like, in his mouth. Mm -hmm. So I, I've, you know, he's a great dog, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get to learn how to deal with him. But for now, it's really cut, uh, cut into my time for things that aren't on Twitch, which is in the morning, and then uh, and for the, the, this podcast. But I did play a lot of the games we're going to talk about today. But Jer Jeremy, what have you been playing since our last show? Uh, not too much, really. I, I've been working a lot, been on the road, and uh, I'm really wanting to get back into Last of Us 2, but that's a game you really need to sit down in, you know, put a put some time into. It is not the kind of game you sit down at a, at a hotel at night and, you know, try to play that through their best TV offering, mm. <laughs> which is usually the worst TV you've ever played anything on. 
so I've actually just been playing through the DLC of Borderlands 3. Mm. I just now finished the, uh, the, the first one. Uh, it's like Mad Moxie's Heist or whatever, uh, the one that's in like uh, Handsome Jack's Casino. It's actually really cool. Uh, it's it's a neat little uh, you know DLC. It's got some good characters. Uh, the setting's cool. It's you know it's fun to go through. I kind of wish more of that was in the main game, uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was fun to play through. Uh, so that's that's really all I've been playing. I would I, like I said, I'd love to get back in The Last of Us too, but I just have not had any time to do it. Well, this is probably the shortest what we've been playing that we've done in five years of this podcast and that works out (laughs) because that gives us a whole lot of extra time to talk about this uh, episode's game lemmings for the super nintendo the super nintendo game particular this has always been one of those series that i knew about i knew about lemmings um but uh this was not (laughs) not, and i even loved puzzle games which i guess we would we would classify this as um maybe i it's certainly puzzling in some spots um but no this was something i really didn't tackle um, until it was on the the PC much later, like much after the fact, and I always knew it existed on the Super Nintendo, uh, but but before this podcast, it it wasn't something I really went back to because I had a I had a suspicion, I had a feeling knowing how it plays that uh, I, I didn't expect much from the Super Nintendo version of it. So I I mean I, I was glad when this one came up that I would at least get out and and see if that was was so. I, I never played any Lemmings as a kid. Actually, the mm. very first Lemmings that I played was uh, on 3DO. Ooh. There is a, a 3D Lemmings on the 3DO, and it's it's not good. And I, <laughs> going by that, I could not understand why anyone would ever like the Lemmings. So it just, I, I never quite got it. I never played in, you know, I didn't have a PC back when I was a kid. I saw the Lemmings on Super NES at my video store all the time. But it didn't, I mean, just going back by the back of the box, I couldn't understand what it was. Mm-hmm. It didn't look that great, and it, it just didn't look anything that was, like, up my alley as far as games I was into at the time. As I've mentioned in the past, I think, you know, we didn't have an IBM or a Macintosh at the time. We had an Amiga, which is a, a failed computer in the, the history of my family buying failed devices. And <laughs> if you had an Amiga, Lemmings was like, one of those, you know, almost like if you own a Switch, you have to have Zelda and Mario Odyssey, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's the same idea with Lemmings. Lemmings on the Amiga was like, oh, here's this mind-blowing game that no one else has yet. And then literally like a month later, it showed up for every other possible platform. Um, it's It was developed uh, by DMA Design, uh, which is actually the same company that did a bunch of the other Psygnosis games for the Amiga. But what they've gone on to do is Grand Theft Auto 1 through 3, and then were absorbed into Rockstar North. So the same people that made this game we're going to talk about, about guiding little lemmings through a maze, are the same people who have made Grand Theft Auto 5 in some way or another. Um, but yeah, on the Amiga, this was like 
you know, this game, Shadow of the Beast, a lot of those those uh, those Psygnosis games are really like, yeah, maybe your computer has a lot of other cool stuff, but look at this. You can't get a game that looks as good as this. And Lemmings mm. didn't necessarily look mind-blowing, but just the fact that you had so much going on on the screen at the time, and it was animated really well, and it was like, you know what, it is a puzzle game, I think. Uh, I don't know what else you'd qualify it as. Yes, there's action involved, but it's not like... It's a puzzler in the same way that something like Choo Choo Rocket would be a puzzle game. It's kind of like mm. you, you need to react to things, but it is it is a solely one-player experience. Uh, there is a two-player variant on this, but generally it is a single-player experience, unlike something like Choo Choo Rocket. Um, yeah, so I was wondering if you guys had ever even played Lemmings before. It's one of those games that I always thought of as like, yeah, it's a staple, but then I looked, you know, when we're when we're when when I was doing research for this episode, Lemmings was really only a big thing for like a three-year window. I don't know why I thought of it as, as big like on the scale of Tetris in my mind, something that's like, oh yeah, everyone knows the Lemmings, but I, I don't know if that's true. I don't, I don't know if you, if you weren't playing games from 1992 to 95, 1995, do you have any idea what Lemmings is? It's been re-released on things, but you know, it really didn't get a lot of push. It always comes up as like a collection of things. Uh, like I think there's a PSP version of Lemmings. It's just a collection of a bunch of the levels from the previous games, but there hasn't been a new Lemmings, I think since Lemmings 3D, which is the one you mentioned, Jeremy, which is not good. I think Lemmings is one of those things that everyone knows about but maybe just hasn't played. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any gamer out there that, that doesn't know what, what Lemmings is or hasn't heard of it, but I think there's just a lot of them out there that, that really hasn't ever played it, like me. Because <laughs> it just, I, if that's not the kind of game you're into, you know, this kind of puzzle strategy style game, then, you know, you probably already know you're either not going to get too much out of it or you're just going to, you know, be like, yep, that's, that is exactly the game <laughs> that I thought it was. It's charming. And yeah. you know the whole Lemmings thing is is fun, but yes, it just it really seems like it was uh, part of its time, uh, you know, of its time. And uh, anyone else that that may have missed it really just maybe didn't go back to it. Yeah, I, and I also think it's similar. Uh, I think it's one of those if you brought it up, people people would know, uh, but the majority probably haven't played it. I, in fact, only had maybe just my my friend that had it for uh for pc and he was just a a hardcore you know puzzle game fan would pick up any sort of puzzle game and i I think that's the only way he he came across it um otherwise i mean it's not it it does have charm once you get into it but at first glance i think even jeremy was talking about you know the box it, it does not look very exciting um especially super nintendo one was was not the most attractive game so I, I can imagine a lot of kids probably probably picked up sat down that box at the video store also like billy kind of alluded to this was originally made as i said for the amiga and then ported to computers and mm-hmm. such so it's a game that heavily would would demand that you have a mouse because unlike you know many other puzzle games like tetris or um or dr mario or whatever you're not moving anything around with a d-pad all you're doing, like as far as the, the characters, all you're moving around is a cursor on the screen, like as if you were pushing a mouse around the screen. The objective of Lemmings is every level is a, a self-contained board. Some of them are several screens long. Some of them are only one screen long. And like a door will open on one side of the map and Lemmings will start falling out at a, a fairly good clip on some of the levels. And they just start marching to the, to the right. No matter where they come out of on the screen, they'll start marching to the right. And somewhere else on that that level is an exit door, and they always look very similar. Uh, it's very obvious what the exit is. And your goal is to kind of guide these lemmings, who will only march in one direction unless they like hit a wall or whatever, then they'll turn around and march in the other direction, uh, to, by, by giving them uh, individually 
special powers. Like essentially, you give them jobs. So they'll march out, and all they do is march, you know, to the right till they hit a wall, and then to the left. If they go to the right and they hit where there's a cliff, they just walk off a cliff, which is, I guess, what lemmings do in in real life. Um, so they, you have to then give them individually little jobs. So the the jobs that you can give them, it starts out by just introducing you to a couple of them. You can make them a climber. If you make a lemming a climber, anytime they hit that wall, instead of turning around, they will climb up the wall until they either get to the top of the wall and can walk over it. Or if the wall like goes to a ceiling, once they hit the ceiling, they will drop down to the ground. They will not climb down. They will fall down to the ground. So the second ability you can give them is a floater. A floater has a little umbrella. And he will fall, it makes it so when they fall off of things, if it's either a cliff or a, a high ledge, they will slowly flow down, fall down uh, with the umbrella and not die. Otherwise, your regular lemon can probably fall maybe a quarter of the height of your screen without dying, but otherwise they'll fall to the ground with a splat and die. Um, bombers, which will make them explode, which seems like it's not something you'd want to do, but actually there are levels where that's very important. Uh, blockers, which will basically call, turn them into traffic cops, where they stop the lemmings from walking in one direction, and they'll turn around at that blocker and go back in the other direction. Builders, who will make bridges. Bashers will dig through things directly uh, in, a, in a horizontal line. Miners will dig through things, but they'll dig kind of down diagonal, so you have to make sure you don't use a miner if you're trying to just go through a rock uh, as opposed to like digging through a bridge. That would be a disaster, obviously. And then diggers dig directly down. Uh, and and every level starts with, uh, you know, the same thing. The lemmings come out of the door. They walk in one direction. You start giving them um, jobs. And the first few levels is very easy. Like, you only get to actually use diggers in the first level. And it's it's very clear. You walk guys to a certain point. Then you just give a couple guys command to dig. They fall down a couple platforms, and there's the exit. So it's very easy to see, like, okay, if I use a digger at this line, you know, at this point and this point, I'll make the most direct path down without falling too far, and they'll get to the exit. Great, no problem. And then the second level starts, and you're like, okay, what do I do in this one? And the level even is called something like, you need to use floaters in this level. And they give you the floater umbrella ability, and you have to give all of them, which I think there's like 10 lemmings, all 10 of them umbrellas, and they fall down this big cliff to where the exit is. So the first few levels are almost insultingly easy because they're teaching you how to play it. But even the early levels, even though you're going to have no problem with it, other than just getting used to the, the fact that it's not a mouse, it's a D-pad, these levels are really, really slow. Yeah, that became uh, that became a concern early on, early on. Um, there is not there is no speed to those those opening levels. They everybody kind of falls down. Uh, I, I kind of chalked it up to maybe they were just trying to ease you in and kind of make sure you made the right choices. So they but yeah, I, I was instantly a little concerned. Because um, I, I did say the beginning of the game does have its charm to it. But at the same time, as far as the presentation goes, it is not the most exciting thing in the world to look at. So that combined with the slow pace, um, it, it, it had me a little concerned. It had me a little worried that we were going to be in for a long ride with this one. Does the PC version have like a speed up option? The, yes, it does. So the, the other versions Ooh. of Lemmings, have, or at least the PC versions, have a like a button that makes everything go as fast as it can. Now, it's almost impossible to do anything once that happens, because it really just speeds everything up to where they're just like lightning speed across the map. Uh, it also makes the time, because uh, every level has a time limit, 
Uh, most of the time, you're not going to run out of time, but some of the later levels, you really do have to be careful not to waste too much time. Um, but it will also make the time, you know, it basically speeds everything up. So if you have three minutes left and you hit the speed up button, everyone will move across the map real fast, but you'll see that timer is going down like 10 times faster. Uh, to make up for well, that, it. So. that was some kind of some kind of speed up was sorely, very sorely needed for this I'm, one. I like the Super NES does have the thing where you can speed up how many spawn, like how fast they spawn. Correct. Your lemmings. Uh, yeah. But you without that speed up, like you're really just kind of left to let them do their thing at their mm. speed. And they are lemmings are not very fast. Uh, they, you know, they just kind of go go forward at their own pace. And that's mm. that is their pace. Especially like whenever you start digging, uh, you know, if you wanted to dig, like it's just it's you. Can, they got nice little animations, you know, their their little buddy animations are pretty nice. Uh, everything that they're doing, you can tell exactly what they're doing. But you know, mm. it's very slow. It's very plodding, and it's I, I guess definitely in those earlier stages, you're just like, oh man, come on. Um, but yeah, even there's there's certain times where like later in the game where you're just waiting on this stream of lemmings to kind of finish doing their thing. And it would have been so nice to have just a, a little bit of a speed up button there to hit the to, to get get the job done. Yeah, I was surprised that wasn't in here. And I, and I did make sure I, I looked in the manual, make sure it wasn't something I missed because the, the game's controls are very straightforward. You use the D-pad to move around the cursor on the screen. Uh, the L and R buttons will just scroll the screen left and right, although if you also use your D-pad and push to the right side of the screen or whatever, you will scroll right. But this way, if you wanted to scroll faster, you could do it with those buttons. Uh, actually, at the bottom of the screen, there's a mini-map that shows you the level layout. If you click on that with, you know, move your cursor down to that map and click on it, it actually moves the camera, you know, whatever the visual area is right to that. So that helps too. Um, the Y and X button, uh, decide which of the powers you, you have, you know, highlighted if you're going to give your lemming that power. Um, so that's like, you know, basically Y and X will move what's along the bottom. Although you could also move the cursor down there and click the, the A button and then go back up and highlight the lemming and click that almost exactly like it's a mouse. Um, and then the B button really doesn't do anything by itself, but if you combine it with other buttons, apparently like there's a way to make it scroll faster with B, I think, and, and you can, um, activate the auto destroy ability which makes all the lemmings explode with b and some other combo collection uh, combo selection although i don't know why you would do that since you can just hit a twice uh over the explosion um like nuclear option button or whatever and it'll do the same thing um i didn't really explain what the objective of each level is other than getting to the end uh, normally it tells you at the start of every level how many lemmings you're going to have so it'll say you have 100 lemmings, and the goal is to get 10% of them or 20% of them or in some levels 100% of them to the exit. It gives you the release rate for how fast they fall by default, although like Jeremy said, you can speed that up. You can only slow it down back to whatever the original release rate was. So if the original re release rate is a 50% speed, um, you know you can raise it up to 100% speed or 99% speed, but you can't lower it below 50 but not all the levels start at 50. Some start as low as one. Uh, and that means they come out very, very, very slowly. Um, not that they move slowly. Once they're out on the map, they always move at the same speed. But how, how fast they fall out of that door at the start is that release rate. Um, well, I mean, I mean, you do. It is kind of a blessing and a curse as, as far as the speed goes. Because like you mentioned, mm -hmm. you are controlling this with a cursor. Yeah. And welcome back. Our, our favorite friend for a Super NES game <laughs> or, or any game. ass game. That's it. But, the cursor controlled with the D-pad, mm -hmm. and I can kind of understand why they kept it at this speed, because if it got much faster, you wouldn't be able to control this at all. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, it's it stays pretty simple for a little bit, but when things start going down, and you need to to 
do multiple things by highlighting different lemmings with his cursor at a speed that is maybe a bit too much or, or just there's too many things going on, that's when that, that cursor kind of falls apart. And, and yeah. just, so you get why they did the speed you know, as it is, but even then using that cursor is, I, you need a mouse. You just, if they would have added support for the Super NES mouse, which I, mm. I don't think it's in this game, is it? No, it is not. I do not believe the Super NES mouse was out when this first game came out, but mm. the second game in the series does use the NES mouse. So they, they're in full agreement. They wish they had a mouse, but I guess when they were developing this game, they did not have access to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, I, what you end up with is no room for error, really. Especially on those, those you know, when it, when it gets a little more tense and there becomes a lot more to do and you're doling out tasks, um, yeah, using that using that D pad for the cursor, um, it, it gets to the point to where one wrong move kind of ruins everything because there may not be time uh, to to reposition yourself there after you find out a mistake you've made and and correct it. So yeah, it is it is a real detriment. Well, what I found on this version, unlike the the PC version, although you know I I could be wrong, Amiga and PC could have this. It's been a long time, but on this version, you can, when you pause the game, you can still move that cursor around the screen and select anything at the bottom. You can change the release rate. You can make sure you have the right power selected so that when you unpause it, you can have your cursor right where it needs to be on the lemming you want to use the action on, and then. You know, that doesn't hurt your time. It, it allows you to kind of plan a little better. So I did a whole lot of pausing in the later levels that I got to um, because there were a lot of things like like you guys said, where it, it, it goes so fast that you don't have a lot of room for error. And even though I didn't run into too many times where like I overcompensated for the fact that I'm using a, a thumb, you know, the thumb, the D-pad to move around the mouse cursor, there were still times where I was like, it was really hard to pinpoint the one lemming I wanted in a stream of like 10 or 15. And, uh, and that that's... That's kind of how the game's supposed to be. If you have, let's say you've raised that release rate to 99% and the, and all the lemmings are kind of going in a big block, it's supposed to be very difficult to pick out one lemming. Uh, I mean, you can normally pick out the first one in the group, but it's hard after that. Um, but there were times in this where, and, and again, that's by design, but there are times in this game where you'll have like 99 lemmings in, in one inch of screen because of just how the level's laid out. You have them trapped in, in between two rocks or you put two blockers down for an actual valid reason, but it makes it incredibly mm -hmm. difficult to pick the lemming you want no matter what you do. Um, but I found especially with, with when I had not that situation, but just, just generally have a fairly good stream of them coming out and you wanted to really pick one, I, I found myself pausing a lot to make sure that I had the right lemming in my cursor, make sure I had the right ability picked. Because you're right, one mistake on this game will kill you. Um, and, and a lot of these levels, they you know, the, the time limit they give you is five minutes, eight minutes, four minutes. Like, they're not long levels. That said, if you spend seven and a half minutes perfecting your path to get all these lemmings to the exit, and you get to the next to last step, and you pick the wrong ability, and you accidentally dig through a bridge you built, and everyone falls into the abyss and dies... <laughs> there's nothing more infuriating. Yeah. I had a couple of those where I just had the wrong ability selected. Not nothing the game did wrong. I just I had the wrong one selected, and I I you know sent my my lemmings to their death and didn't have time to fix it. Um, you know we mentioned that there are later levels. This game has a lot of levels. You know when you first start playing, you're like okay these are pretty easy, and you'll get through like ten without even thinking about it. And you're like okay I'm in, in fifteen minutes, twenty minutes I've beaten ten levels of this game. How many could there be? Well the answer is hundred and twenty five levels, and mm. the, the Difficulty increase is dramatic. Like the, I think the first, so the first thirty levels are considered quote fun. That's the difficulty rating. The difficulty rating in this game is fun. Uh, fun levels are thirty. Then tricky. Uh, thirty levels are the tricky level. Thirty more levels are taxing. 
30 more levels are Mayhem, and then on the Nintendo version only, the Super Nintendo version only, there are five Sunsoft levels that are supposed to be harder than all the others. You can only play them once you've finished all the, the first 120 levels. Uh, I mean, I got through all the fun levels, the 30 fun levels without many difficulties. There's a few restarts, a few things where I made the mistake or ran out of time, uh, which, again, normally you're not going to run out of time, but especially the levels where you only have five minutes and guys are coming out at speed one if you don't remember to, to increase that drop speed you're not going to even have them all out before <laughs> before like four minutes and then you're gonna run out of time um so i got through all the 30 fun levels without many problems uh tricky is where it really does start getting more difficult there's a lot of levels that require you have you know they give you all the abilities at the bottom of the screen so you don't have to, it's not obvious like some of the earlier levels that oh i only have diggers so i guess i have to use digging or i only have floaters and diggers so it's a mix of those like this was here's all your powers here's all your abilities go to town. And the first few of those levels, not too bad, but they definitely get more confusing very quickly or they give you less time or they only come out at a drop speed of the fastest drop speed. Like they really throw it on very quickly uh, to, to increase the difficulty of this game once you get past those kind of 30 introductory fun levels. Yeah, and I i mean, I don't know if the difficulty levels are, are named properly. Uh, I was not having fun, um, <laughs> you know, by the end of those. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's something wrong with me because clearly um, th there's fun to be had on these levels. Um, but no, I, I I think it was just very abrupt um, where the difficulty spiked for me personally. And this just might be me. Uh, I, I will admit this is, is not my kind of puzzle game. Uh, I do love them, but uh, not this type. Uh, I did crack uh, level 70 when... It all finally came to an end. There wasn't anything in particular about level 70, but just the last maybe five levels I had played leading up to leading up to that were just so many retries. So, And a man can only take so many retries before I, I think something cracked in my um, and before something cracked on the TV screen. Um, you know, I, it, it, you know, when it's time to pack it up and I, I figure 70 levels in Lemmings, um, you get an idea of, of what's going on. Uh, so I, I feel I can make qualified, <laughs> qualified opinions about it now. But yeah, um, I can only imagine what sees you through for the levels that follow that. And, and for these special levels, uh, which I don't know why you would put out super difficult levels on the platform that has the worst controls. Um, but hey, uh, you have uh, my, both my fear and admiration if you were able to see this all the way through. I think for me, I came away from this, like actually knowing that I enjoy lemmings, mm. but that I don't think I like the super NES version of lemmings because it was like the first, like you said, the first 10 levels or so are basically tutorials. And I didn't quite know that. And so I, I was playing through there and even though it was kind of slow moving and plotting, you know, it was, I kind of got what you needed, needed to do. And, there wasn't too much and it was just like, yeah, this is, you're just doing this and it's like a nice little puzzle game. Mm. And after those first 10 levels, I was like, this was a fun video game. <laughs> but then there was more and it started getting, like you said, it ramps up and it gets to the point where it's just yeah. like this, this isn't what the Super Nintendo and this controller just can't do this. Even if you pause it, like you said, it's just kind of hard to, to get to where you want to be and do what you want to do sometimes. So I actually uh, started up Lemmings, the PC game. Oh, hell. And played it. And yes, that's actually a pretty fun game with a mouse. Uh, it's just, it's such a shame that this has just been, you know, saddled to a controller. And I think that's my biggest complaint with it. Otherwise, I think this is actually a, a pretty decent 
little puzzle game that I never played. It's kind of in, it's kind of like the puzzle game that I enjoy. It's it's a you know a trial and error kind of thing. I think one of mm. my favorite puzzle games ever was uh, the Incredible Mach- the Incredible Machine, oh. which is another one of those very you know it's very trial and error and picking what mm-hmm. something does and what this thing does just to kind of advance the puzzle, and that's a lot of what Lemmings is, and I like that stuff. Uh, so yes, I mean this. I think Lemmings is actually a fun little game, but man, the Super Nintendo version. If you can play that second one on there with the with the Super NES mouse, I think that would be the best way to go by far. I, I think, yes, I think I would have much rather played this uh, with a mouse. I, I, I did play it with a mouse when I first played it, and I think it, it makes a lot more sense. I, I was surprised at how playable this was, considering I really expected this to be not a bad game, because I knew I liked Lemmings. But I thought the Super Nintendo one would be a lot more testing and before i realized you could pause it and move stuff around I, like even by level like 15 or 16 i was like oh this is going to be a problem like there's some levels where you know you need to, to either stop everybody at some point because you have to build a bridge you didn't want them and the, the bridge building is slower than walking so you don't mm-hmm. want guys to walk up the bridge while they're building it and fall off into into the nothing and die so you have to put a blocker down and so then you're trying to keep the guy building because you can't just hit build once after they build like 10 planks of their bridge they stop and shrug and walk off the side if you don't click them again and say, no, 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 keep building that bridge. So while you're trying to monitor the bridge builder, there's guys walking back the other way from after the blocker you put up to stop them from walking off the bridge. But then they go to another cliff on the other side of the map. <laughs> and if you don't get mm-hmm. back there fast enough, you know, you're like, oh, crap, all these guys are now jumping off the other side of the cliff. So you had to like, I was trying to go through the map. That's before I realized you could pause it and move it. That's also before I realized you could click on the mini map on the bottom right at the corner of the map and move the screen immediately, which made things much easier as well. Um, so, I mean, but I, I still was was surprised at how playable this was. I mean, it's one of those things where, yes, 100% this is a better game with a mouse, but I don't think if you didn't like this game at all that you would like it with a mouse. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, yes, there's some issues with the control, and yes, there's some, you know, the, the system chugs. Some of those later levels where you have, like, all your lemmings on the screen, and there's, like, mm. stuff moving, and you have different jobs going out. Like, you can feel the system slow down. Like, it, it feels like it's going to crash on you, and it doesn't, thankfully. But it definitely slows down a, a significant amount. I, I was I was surprised at how how good this was, considering I really expected it to be a lot like the other point-and-click games. We're like, man, this is this is really wonky. I thought this was, of the point-and-click games we played where I wish we had a mouse, this is the one that I think controlled the best, but yet would still be better with a mouse. I, I do agree. I think if you think that this game is, is tedious at all, then <laughs> definitely check out Lemmings for the 3DO. Uh, <laughs> And that is that is a new level of tedium, just in in bad 3D at doing like 10 frames per second. So that was a. Uh, I'm glad that I finally you know got to play the real Lemmings and, and not this the the jank version that was on the 3DO because this was actually you know it's like I said it's enjoyable. It's just you need the proper stuff to make this mm. game work well after like level 10. It's also the kind of game I think is better played like in small bursts. Especially when you get to the later yes. levels, like, if, if you finish a couple of the really hard levels, the mayhem levels or whatever, then you're like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back to this another day. Like, <laughs> I spent two hours to get through this, but I finally got through it. It feels really good. Uh, so I, I like the pace of this game for that. I like that it's a game you can pick up and play a little bit and put down. I think, it, it you know, I had on the PSP because I thought this would be a great PSP game because of that reason. I could play it, you know, if I was on a car trip or in the bathroom or whatever, and I was like, oh, this will be perfect. But the the PSP screen was too too little to make this work too well because uh, it just basically, you know, shrunk everything down from what would have been on the original version. And again, no mouse. So on, on that version, 
because you had a much smaller area to deal with, not having a mouse on that made it much, much more difficult. Um, I, I know we talked about the 3D uh, sequel, but there were several sequels to this game. So on the original uh, Lemmings on PC and, and uh, Amiga and such, there was Oh No More Lemmings, which was basically just more levels of the same kind of game. They put out a Christmas mm-hmm. Lemmings that was only a handful of mm-hmm. levels, but they were all Christmas-themed. I was trying to get those for Christmas last year, but I realized that they were <laughs> basically impossible to, to get uh, unless you're going to do a PC but they do not exist on consoles. Um, the sequel that's on the Super Nintendo is called Lemmings 2 The Tribes, uh, which actually has a bunch of new abilities. They, that uh, Each tribe has like their own separate set of abilities. Sounds interesting. I've actually never played that one. Um, but that does support the, the Nintendo Mouse, which I think you could only get with Mario Paint. I don't think they sold it separate, but who knows? I don't remember. Um, and then... There were other, you know, PC-related collections of levels and whatever, but the next major version of this game that came out was 3D Lemmings that did come out on the 3DO, uh, which I didn't realize was on the 3DO, but also on the PlayStation. I had it on the PlayStation. I was very excited. It was a, a big-box PlayStation game because it was early enough in the system, and I, got, I I was, like, the only person on Earth that was excited about it. I was like, this is amazing. This is going to be so great. I took it home, and I was like, this is a tragedy. This is so Ooh. bad. It's basically it's the same ideas as this game, but everything's in horrible blocky polygons. It runs really poorly. I think they have like an option to switch to first person view, which I don't know why you would ever use uh, for a yes, lemming. Yes, they do. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was like, so why would you bad. want that? This is so bad. First it, person. It, it's so bad. I mean, for like, you can pick a lemming and then look through their eyes. I'm like, why would you ever, ever want to do this? Like, it was. But uh, you've got to. You've got to keep your eye on everything. I know. In this game. <laughs> I wouldn't imagine why you'd ever want to do that. Like, <laughs> I, I couldn't find a reason. It was not a good game. I did not enjoy Lemmings 3D. Um, but like I said, they've re-released it for other things. But they just that, that's been the last new Lemmings that I'm aware of is, is Lemmings 3D. There was a, a PlayStation game, The Adventures of Lomax. And the only mm. reason I knew it was connected at all is because it's by Psygnosis. And, and the main character does kind of look like a lemming, but it plays absolutely nothing like this game at all. It is it is not a lemmings game other than that it involves a lemming. Uh, it, well, it's great. I mean, I bought this back in the day because you look on the back of the box and, man, it has some amazing looking 2D art. And mm. you didn't get that too much on the PlayStation. So I grabbed it up as soon as it came out. And, yeah, it's actually really it's it's good. It's a really good little platformer. It uh, looks awesome. Animate, animation's great. Uh, you know, some nice little music. It is the exact opposite of what you would expect a, a Lemmings game to ever be. And it kind of, it's, it, you know, it's kind of weird that it even is a Lemmings game. But I guess, you know, if you've got the uh, the license, you know, you do something with it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's, again, Cygnosis is a company up until they were you know, kind of absorbed by Sony and, and the, the PlayStation era when they put out, you know, Destruction Derby and some of these other games, I knew them as really, really good 2D graphic games on the Amiga. Like that, they made Shadow of the Beast. They made uh, the game that was re-released on the Genesis as... Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, they, they made a game called The Killing Game Show. They made a whole bunch of really cool-looking, like, 2D games that had ridiculous box art that looked like metal albums. I mean, I loved all the Cygnosis box art. And all the games looked just as good. They may not have played as good. In fact, many of them played rather poorly for for platformers, but they still looked amazing. So to see a game that was coming out later from them that looked more like that Amiga style art like Lomax did, I was kind of I was kind of surprised, but I actually never tried it. So now I'm gonna have to find a copy and give that a shot. I totally actually had forgotten about that game existing until looking into the stuff for this podcast. I'll tell you this just in I, I was doing a little snooping around. Apparently the that PlayStation version of Lemmings 
uh, you want to get down and dirty on your iPhone. It's sitting there in the app store. Lemmings 3D? No, no. apparently this it says the PlayStation, the Epic PlayStation. Well, I, I have to question that. The Epic PlayStation game is now on mobile. Uh, I haven't played it at all, obviously. And full disclosure, I, I probably won't. Um, but there are lemmings to be had, though, if you want your lemmings on the go. our thoughts on lemmings or at least the super nintendo version of lemmings not a bad game in fact uh, if you have a mouse it's maybe a game if you like puzzlers uh is a game you'd really really enjoy uh, but on the super nintendo if that's the only system you have i still think it's worth uh, checking out if you like kind of a uh, figure it out puzzle games uh much like uh, jeremy mentioned the incredible machine th things along those lines uh but if not almost every other version of this game is probably superior if there is a mouse you can use, like the sequel to this game that came out uh, a couple years later. Uh, so now is the same thing we do every week on the show, where you can send mm -hmm. us your questions. You can go to retrovania.net, at the very bottom of the page, underneath all the amazing things we've done on all social media, YouTube, uh, our, our podcast itself, Twitch channels. At the bottom, there's a question form. You can fill it out and ask us any question you want, and we'll answer it on the show like we're going to do right now. That's right. And our first question here comes in from Matt, and he says, Happy 2021. <laughs> Hi, guys. With the close of one of the worst periods in recent recorded history, I waited with gleeful anticipation for the first Retrovaniacs podcast to kick off the new year. There was that music, the raucous sound. There were those voices, warm and full of hope. And mm. then things took a very unexpected and morose turn. As At they often do. Yes. At 8.45 in the episode, Jeremy has asked what his intentions for 2021 are. And even the idle listener can detect that there's something very, very wrong. What follows from there can only be described as a funeral dirge, a veritable, seemingly unending suicide note to two men who can only sit gobsmacked at the fact of Jeremy's buzzkill of epic proportions. At 12 minutes in, one questions whether the other Jeremy and Billy are even listening as Jeremy shifts into ex existential ramblings. The 14 more. The 14 minute mark comes, and after one returns from the bathroom, Jeremy is still bitching now about fighting hordes of zombies, as ironically, his entire listening base has been reduced to empty groans. At 1536, Billy wakes up from, the sl from sleep and kindly offers Jeremy an out, yet he continues with his downcast tone. By 1629, Jeremy concludes in mentioning hate playing a game, and all listeners immediately Google available online therapists. Here's to a new year of joy and optimism. I'm off to take my meds. Well, <laughs> I will. I will correct my tone now. Uh, no, I. Let's hold on. I do think that we did go a little long. Our first episode of 2021 had the longest intro to any episode we've done. That just by by chance, we all had a lot to say. We hadn't actually recorded in, in almost a month since we kind of uh, recorded everything for December mid month, and then didn't record to, for January till almost the same in January. So you know, we, it had been a long time. We we had a lot to say. Uh, I think we just weren't surprised by how negative it was because we talked to you off recording, and I guess he <laughs> hasn't. So 
I mean, I, I, I don't think what you, what you were saying was necessarily that negative. Although I do admit, uh, last year was pretty terrible. Uh, but that also is kind of maybe why it was so down because we've all been dealing with it and it's all been terrible. You know what? I mean, that's, that's life. It's just the way it is sometimes. And 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 you know, if, if you don't love, if you don't, you know, love Jeremy at his worst, yeah, you don't deserve him when he's at his best. Well, it turns out that I actually love Days Gone now. I love it. <laughs> Do you really? Or are you just saying? I, it is the worst game I've played in years. I hated every second I played of it. There's a lot of seconds, though. Y- yes. This, I think it's the longest time Jeremy Gregory has gone um, with a positive attitude. It, it just it wrapped <laughs> up. I'm going to have to get an official tell you it's the longest. You know, I think we've gone. We, me, and you went longer on Borderlands Three last year. I, I'm, oh, I'm pretty boy. sure we spent a good 25 minutes bitching about that game. Um, I, I think, yes, Borderlands Three, um, and I think I, I might hold still the, the podcast record for the night I took Switch to task. Um, Lord knows how long that was. Um, yeah, between, <laughs> I think Borderlands Three has probably got it the worst because that was that was multiple weeks. I was I mean, either it, that it, for for length, or also just probably the entire Gemfire episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, in all seriousness, you know, if you want a peek behind the curtain of this show, uh, before we ever start most of these episodes, several adult beverages have have probably been drank by the majority of us, mm. and. That never leads into making a concise point about the game that you are wanting to talk about. I mean, that's and what keeps these episodes from being about 20 minutes each. Yeah, that's, you know, that's why we can talk about Lemmings for 40 minutes. But <laughs> there's there's so many times where, yes, we do ramble on about things. Uh, it's just, you know, sorry for being negative about Days Gone. I didn't like that game. And after you've played a game for that long... There, you got a lot that you want to complain about, so mm. I apologize for constantly complaining about Days Gone, and I will I will try to be a bit more positive, though I can safely say I am probably the least positive person out of this bunch. So we'll, we could we'll also just goes. not talk about Days Gone unless there's some new addition <laughs> to Days Gone. I, you know, I'm playing on. good games now. That's why I went to Last of Us Two, and like I said, I genuinely mm. love that game. What I played so far, I want to play it more. Uh, that that game is great, you know. Playing the Borderlands Three DLC, I really like it. So I'm I think I am mostly positive on this podcast, believe mm-hmm. it or not, mm-hmm. uh, for a person that has has spent a good chunk of his life even making a living off being being incredibly negative about things. <laughs> so it is know, it is the most positive you've been. I'll give you that. But anyway, thank you, Matt, for writing in and letting me know the errors of my way. Next question comes in from Scarcrow. He wants to know about cartoons. What was your favorite cartoon show series? What was your favorite cartoon show or series growing up? As for me, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Denver: The Last Dinosaur. P.S. Hmm. I joined your Discord, guys, and I have no regrets so far. So far, he, yeah, he. I don't At know least, how long he's been on there. Maybe not say, long. As the time of writing that to us, he has no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a follow up, and, and let's see, let's see. But um, oh boy. I, I guess he. It sounds like he threw one out that that's a pretty common one, and then he hit us with with one you don't hear about too often when people talk about their favorites. I, I would say mine was also 
turtles, you know, uh, turtles, He-Man. Those were, were super big with me. Probably the two biggest. Um, my two kind of, kind of off the wall picks. I love that Inhumanoids cartoon and I am a gigantic, uh, Count Ducula fan. I, I watched that thing about nonstop and I, they were the Inhumanoids. There weren't a ton of episodes. I don't believe. No. Um, yeah. Count Ducula. Oh, that's where it's at. And years ago, I, I point down a little bit of change. Um, to get what, you know, based upon the packaging and the, the blank discs or, you know, the disc without any uh, any art or anything like that. Uh, well, probably was not an officially licensed Nickelodeon Count Ducula box set. Nonetheless, it played and, and I got to relive that show. And that was tremendous. Um, but yeah, definitely those two were kind of some of my, uh, some, some my, you know, lesser, lesser, you know, mention picks. But yeah, definitely Turtles. Or gigantic and He Man. Those were those were the two heavy hitters. My, I guess my mainline one would be Transformers. I was always a big Transformers guy, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I watched GI Joe, but not as I didn't like it as much as Transformers. I had more toys for GI Joe because I thought they were cooler toys, uh, at least uh, in some ways than most of the Transformers. Because Transformers seemed cool, but then you'd spend like twenty minutes transforming them, and you're like, well, this is not as fast as it should be. Where GI Joes, you could just you know throw in their their tanks and slam them into each other or light them on fire or whatever you were gonna do. With your toys, but Transformers was the big cartoon. The other ones, like, I mean, I watched almost everything that, that would have been on TV, which I follow to this day. But like, you know, I really like the Disney Afternoon stuff. DuckTales mm. was always really good. But um, the cartoon I remember like always being super excited about to the point where I did also buy a, a box set of it is the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. I love oh, that cartoon boy. where all the kids get stuck in the and they, they go to like a, an amusement park and then they end up in the world of Dungeons and Dragons and they never find their way home. It's a great cartoon. I loved it. So that, that's the one I'm going to pick. But I mean, honestly, it'd be harder for me to find a cartoon I don't know about that was around, that was on channels here. I'm sure you could find some some cartoon that was only available in, you know, Yugoslavia that I don't know. But but as far as like what was on TV when, when we were growing up, especially like Saturday mornings, like that was a, when they would announce the new Saturday morning cartoons and they would have like the Saved by the Bell crew and introduced all the new shows. Like that was the best <laughs> day of the year. I loved that stuff. Yeah, I, I love that stuff. Uh God, like I can't remember which station it was. I want to say CBS, where they had like the uh, you know um, Captain Caveman Junior or whatever, mm-hmm. Captain Caveman and Kit, whatever the fuck it was called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Baby Flintstones or some shit. I don't know. I can't remember. But like those those blocks of cartoons on Saturday mornings was was just great. Uh, but I guess for me, I, I mean, I was always a big He Man fan. I had tons of the He Man toys, and I think that was the very first cartoon that I was really into. Uh, for for a second, I was way into Brave Star, mm. uh, which was that neat sci-fi western show, uh, a cartoon. You know, back for like the year or two that it lasted. Uh, Thundercats, of course. I I think I was a little too young to get into like all of the craziness that Thundercats was going on. But it, but I was like, ah, oh, there's a mummy in there, and he turns into this big muscly guy, and that's pretty cool. But yeah, I, I, of course, Turtles. I mean, that was kind of the last cartoon that I was really into. Because I I was around like what ten or eleven around then, and I kind of got out of ca- cartoons after that show ran its course. But yeah, I think that was mostly what I watched. I mean, what Jeremy kind of mentioned, but like, what was your biggest toy collection like back then? Oh boy, well, it had to be the turtles. It had to be. Um, I, I mean, I had a lot of He Man, but um, yeah, I mean, because turtles just kept pumping them out. 
I think at a much more rapid pace than He-Man did. Um, and, you know, so many different versions of the Turtles came out. You had the Dan, the sports ones. Um, just all kinds. And, yeah, definitely Turtles overmatched everything else. I guess for me, I, for me, it was, it was He-Man. You know, definitely I had a ton of those toys. But Turtles would, would probably be a close second. Yeah, mine were mostly GI Joe. Like I had turtles, some turtles toys. I had I had He Man. In fact, I had a good deal of He Man. But I, I think GI Joe took over to the point where, like with He Man, I I had Castle Grayskull, but that was it. Like as far as the the bigger He Man stuff, I didn't have a lot of vehicles. I never had Battle Cat. But for for GI Joe, I mean everything except for that that the USS Flag. I never had that, but I had the Terradrome and I had the Defiant Space Shuttle. Like we had all the most ridiculous GI Joe stuff. But um, you know, I don't have any of that stuff now. I, I wish I saved any of that, but I didn't. I didn't save any of the G.I. Joe stuff or really any of the Transformers. Uh, all the, the toys I have left from, from when I was a kid are, are literally... I have one of the tape deck... Uh, not the tape... Not like Soundwave, but like the, the tapes that would go into him. Uh, I have one of the tapes left, and I've got uh, Muscle Man. And that's it. That's all I got left from... <laughs> from oh, I forgot about Muscle Man. Yeah, I had a ton of those. But those were cheap. You know, that's what you go to Kmart for. And your your parents or grandparents would be like, you can only get something that's like, you know, two or three dollars. And Muscle Men was always there for me. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 You get Muscle Men, you get the little ring. And you're all set. But yeah, thank you for writing in Scarcrow. Uh, I, I still continue to be a huge fan of, of collecting some of those those classic mm-hmm. lines of toys and stuff like that. Uh, it's you know, it's it's one thing that I do on the YouTube channel. Occasionally we we go out and do toy hunts uh, along with the game hunts. And it's always fun to to go into some of these, you know, retro toy stores that are that are popping up more and more today, and and seeing just these this collection of toys that I used to have that I've long thrown away or given away for free that are now like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, <laughs> and it's just it, it's kind of depressing. But still, it's it's always fun to go out and and see my childhood sitting there with a hundred dollar price tag on it. And our next, anyway, our next question comes in from Michael Belmont, and he's wanting to tell us that he's a new acolyte. Hey guys, whoever reads these, I've recently been traveling for work about four or five days a week. So needless to say, my earbuds practically live in my ears. Your podcast is a very recent find of mine, and I've been devouring it like the fat guy at the beginning of seven. Mm. Only assholes spell it like that, I know. He wrote it with the seven in the middle, like the number seven. Hey, that's dedication. Just wanted to reach out and say that I'm absolutely loving it, and it made my life that much easier during these strange times. Keep up the great work, and just know that you have a new devoted listener. Oh, well, thank you. Awesome. That's always great to hear, especially um, I'm I'm always very pleased to know that we're making someone's commute a little better as someone as someone that has uh, has experience with abnormally long and frequent commutes. Um, I, I know that what you put on there, um, you know, you don't just put anything on for a ride. Uh, you got to put something on that's going to kind of going to it's going to keep you awake. It's going to keep you entertained. Um, you know, it's going to keep you from getting extraordinarily depressed, thinking about the hours and hours of your life spent away from home on that cold, lonely road. So I'm glad we could be that for you. Well, let me tell you guys about Days Gone. Uh, no, actually, <laughs> I, just, I, I just wanted to ask, like, is it weird for you guys to think that I don't I don't really think about it too often because I just figured we still have like two listeners, both mm-hmm. of which are part of our families. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's it. But it turns out we actually have a decent amount of people that listen to what we say on a regular basis, which is I, I think that's always kind of weird, weird to me. I, I don't it know is, about you guys. 
Yeah, I, I try not to think about it too much because then it'll it'll go to my head and there'll, there'll be no stopping me at that point. Uh, but no, I, I also think the same thing. Um, I, I just assume that the only people listening um, are my son, who I was I was making to listen early on there, who now listens out of his own free will. I let him go a long time ago. Um, there haven't been any threats in quite some time, and he still listens. But no, it's weird. It, it really is. Um, when you think about it, that it, on any given day, um, we, we are, we're probably playing somewhere with, for someone. Uh, but it is. I, I really, really do uh, love the fan base we have and, and couldn't be happier that it's expanding uh, uh, more than we ever thought. Yeah, it's, it's good to know that after that people don't just listen to one episode and uh, and decide, hey, these guys are complete idiots. So that's good. or maybe they do and they like that we're complete idiots. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. I'm glad mm-hmm. that people continue to listen because I, I love doing these shows. I, mean, I I enjoyed recording with you guys. I like I like playing these games and it gives me a reason to do so other than just that I'm sitting at my house with nothing to do. So I, it's mm-hmm. it's been a great mm-hmm. great five years so far. So I'm, I'm he has several episodes to go back to. Don't go all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, I did start with like ten episode ten maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, those early episodes are rough. Though I, I, I still think General Chaos was pretty good. I, that just might be me. You have to listen to General Chaos because I think it, it almost comes up every episode. You wouldn't get the the eighty percent of, of <laughs> stuff that we talk about if we didn't if you don't listen to the the General Chaos episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Michael, thank you for listening. Uh, we're glad we've we've got you on board. Hopefully, we don't depress you or, or make piss you off or something like that anytime soon. Anyway, our next question comes in from Silly Balladay. And Another what's on one. his mind is Punch Out. Now, Billy. I like, I like the cut of this guy's jib already. I, <laughs> he's writing in about Punch Out. And he okay. says, or he asks, when the Indian guy with the turban does his special move in Punch Out, do you think he's laughing at you or dizzy after it? I mean, I, I know what he's talking about, but I thought he was laughing at you like on the way up. When he comes up, he has that little head bob back and forth, and it looks like he's kind of chuckling before he does his secret move where he spins around a bunch. But I think he's completely supposed to be dizzy when you uh, when you when you stopped him four times or whatever. You duck four times, and then he he goes and you can punch him right in the mouth. That's uh, I thought he was he was supposed to be dazed there. Oh, he's definitely he's definitely dazed um, because I mean uh, they laugh at you throughout, but they've still got their guard up. His his hands are down. Um, he he definitely is in a bad way. I think he he puts everything he has in that little special there uh, with the sound that I that I can't make as as well as that. Uh, yeah, um, he was planning on that doing it. He he wasn't planning on you know you successfully blocking it, and and I think it does leave him. Uh, in a daze. That, that's got to be a daze. Is this just something you wanted to talk about, Billy? Or I'm going to I'm going to tell you this that I this alias here, this name here. I, I I say that it could be the other person's name. It could be the person's real name. Um, and now we're making them feel bad. You're the one that that uncorked that name, and it wasn't long after that that this name started appearing. So I don't know. It, it's not. I'll just say if Silly Balladay is someone from this show, which it, it might be likely, it's not me. I, I can safely say it's not me. We've, we've well, talked about Punch-Out. Then we, know, then we out. know who it is. We, we know who it is. Then. We have talked about Punch-Out previously for a whole episode. I would not have wasted my time <laughs> asking him a fake question as Silly Balladay to, to talk about uh, <laughs> the Great Tiger. Well, it seems this mystery is going to continue. Silly Balladay, feel free to write in again anytime. Uh, yeah, 
Uh, <laughs> feel free. Uh, we look forward to your next question. Uh, anywhere next, our next and final question comes in from Gary, and he's writing in about modern Metroidvanias. Mm. I know this genre is getting kind of saturated in the last few years, but do any of you have any recommendations for modern-day Metroidvanias that maybe slipped beneath the radar that you've played? We've all heard about Hollow Knight and Ori to death, so anything besides those two that you've played and enjoyed would be nice to hear about. I um, I got a couple, actually, um, during my, my uh, Nintendo, my Switch playing initiative that lasted just a little bit. I, I don't know if it slipped under the radar. I don't know how people feel about it, but the game Blasphemous um, actually is it's a really solid-ass game. It, it's a Metroidvania. It does have... Um, some Souls-like quality to it, uh, in that it does have uh, does kind of have that difficulty to it. It does have similar mechanics um, as far as you know, kind of leaving things die that you have to go back and and recollect and and things like that. Uh, but it, it, it it's a pretty solid game. It's it's a little bit on the gory side. If that's not your really your thing, uh, it does have some uh, some strange religious elements and imagery to it that i don't understand because my parents pulled me out of church when i was about four so but i don't know you might you might get more out of that um but i also played a robot named fight on the switch and i want to talk about metroidvania this is almost a i don't know how um nintendo didn't shut this down for being so much like metroid um, it, it looks, plays um, like Super Metroid. Uh, a lot of things are very similar. The character looks similar. The the gun and some of the power-ups are, are very similar. Uh, blasting open doors. Uh, all that stuff is there. But it's it's a, yet again, a procedurally generated um, game. It, it won't play the same way. Uh, you do kind of unlock things as you play along that will be there in your your future run, whether it's power ups, other things, um, and it's it's actually a, a very good game. I I've enjoyed my time with it. It was the uh, the last game I was playing um, before I descended into madness and decided to uh, to start replaying games that I have beaten a couple times uh, for whatever reason. But no, a robot named a robot named fight. And Blasphemous are definitely two I, I really recommend. Blasphemous is on everything, I think. A robot Named Fight, I have it on the Switch. I don't know uh, what else that might be available on. I just uh, finished, uh, and forgot to talk about at the beginning of the show, uh, at Metroidvania that's kind of a sequel to the one we've talked about. I finished Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, which is kind of the unofficial... Um, I guess a, a sequel in theme to Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap, which we mm. covered mm. years ago. Um, it's it's a cuter Metroidvania, but I think the difficulty is still there. It's a lot like the later Shantae games, if you like those, or if you haven't played those, I'd give those a shot too. I'd start with Shantae and the Pirate's Curse is a good one. But yeah, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, I just finished it. Uh, actually, was playing through it with, uh, with uh, fellow... Uh, fan of the podcast, Mentheon, uh, who was playing it, and we were kind of discussing the parts we were getting stuck on. It was kind of nice to play through a game like that with somebody, you know, just talking back and forth on uh, on Discord about where we were with the game. So that that's a good one. It's it's not you know dark or serious, but it's it's still gameplay wise very very solid. Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom. I don't think we mentioned this one on the podcast. I know it's probably fairly well known, but Axiom Verge was really good. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was a great 
little Metroidvania. I I think Jeremy spoke of Dead Cells. Yep. At some point, that's that's a really great retro or Metroidvania. Um, I guess for me, like if I would pick one that I think a lot of people overlooked because they didn't understand that it was actually a Metroidvania style game was SteamWorld Dig Two, which is it's it's kind of a you know it combines the whole resource management of the first one, but it's it's more structured this time and it does have that kind of Metroidvania uh, feel to it that it's 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 a really great game, and uh, I think there's a lot of people that played that first game and just didn't. It's. I mean, that first game was good, but it wasn't this. And this mm. was like a complete, just like overhaul of everything that the first game did, and then some. And that's wow. that is a that's a really really good Metroidvania. I think the only thing that would maybe hold you back would be the the resource management that you actually have to do. That was a big part of the first game, but it's not so bad. It, it's it doesn't consume that much time as far as like getting through the game. But I loved just the progression. Of, of how that game goes and and getting through it. I don't know if either of you played that game, but man, it was, it was really good. I actually, I didn't play that one. Um, cause, uh, I was not aware cause I played the first and it's like you said, it was good enough, but I, um, you know, wasn't really, wasn't really up for more of it. So knowing that now, I'll definitely have to check that one out. And anyway, that's going to do it for our questions this week, unless you guys have something else to say. Uh, I don't. I guess if you have questions for us, please send them to us at retrovania.net. Very bottom, there's the question form. You could also send them via social media, and we'll probably get those, but there's a really good chance that it'll be me, and I'm very bad at remembering that we have questions through other methods, so please use the question form. Jeremy's much better at keeping track of questions than me. And we will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode, or you can always join our Patreon for the episodes we put out in between. We have another one that will be up later this week, and we will see you next time.